Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're gonna start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're gonna start telling them that now too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is The Baseline, discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. Welcome, everybody. You're tuned to The Baseline. Kylie Warren Shaw discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. And this is our annual fantasy basketball preview. My man Warren Shaw and I give you everything that you need to know to get yourself ready for this upcoming NBA season. Fantasy owners, break out your CPUs it's time to get busy collecting that data, and we are the podcast to get you ready to go. Ready to discuss some fantasy basketball. You know I got to do it with my right-hand man, 50 Grand NBA aficionado, dime mag contributor, writer for one of the illest websites, www.shawsports.net. Big Kahuna PNC, my brother from another mother, my man Warren Shaw, repping out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Holler back at me, Mr. Shaw. You ready to talk some fantasy basketball, man? It's noon o'clock, bro. Of course I'm ready to talk about fantasy hoops, man. It's a great, right great, great Right on time. <laughs> right on time. I had to get you, man. I had to get you. But definitely salute, salute with all the fans listeners of the NBA Baseline. You know, our last year, our fantasy special was definitely one, I think, one of our most downloaded shows, you know, during that time. And I think this is going to be another great one because we have an amazing guest because all he does is eat, sleep, dream about fantasy basketball. This is a great guest we have on this show. Oh, my gosh, man. Listen, we tried. Listen, we're, we're on the come up, man. You know what I'm saying? Like my man Jay uh, T.I. says, bring him out, bring him out. Right. Our man Josh Lloyd, uh, he hosts Locked on Fantasy. Um, he is a contributor for Basketball Monster. Uh, listen, let, let's not act like we don't know who this guy is. All of you fantasy owners out there that are getting yourselves primed out, I know you got him on your Rolodex on speed dial, on the, on the, on the, uh, you got him pinned up on your Twitter feeds. You're going straight directly to him. Well, rather than just checking out his blogs and just only checking out his podcast, which is really like moving like hotcakes, I mean, downloading all over the place, he's going to be on our show to help us give you and get you ready for this upcoming NBA season fantasy basketball style. So, Josh, Lloyd will be on with us for a few moments, and we can't wait to get him on to talk about fantasy basketball. In the meantime, 
as always, we appreciate everyone showing their love and support for the Baseline NBA podcast. You know how to get at my man Shaw, at Shaw Sports. You know how to get at me, at Game Face Lee. We always encourage you to get the show's Twitter handle, at NBA underscore Baseline. Hashtag up the Baseline. Let us know who you are and what you're about. Available on all the major platforms. Available on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Player FM, Microsoft TuneIn. Also available on Google Music. And uh, you can also catch us on the Roku channel. So be sure to download any one of those platforms to allow us to be your go-to resource discussing all things NBA. Big shout outs to the Sports Brothers Network. The Baseline NBA podcast is simulcasted through the Sports Brothers Network. Our brothers out there down in Miami uh, doing us lovely, uh, allowing us to discuss NBA basketball amongst the plethora of other sports that they discuss. Be sure to check out the Sports Brothers Network at Grown Folk Bahamas, the Twitter feed. Uh, once, much, once, once again, much love and shout out to those guys for putting us on as we continue to be your go-to resource discussing all things NBA. As always, before we get you primed up and ready for this upcoming NBA season, we want to make sure that you are dipped down and geared up for the upcoming NBA season with our peoples from FanEssentials.net. Be sure to go to FanEssentials.net to get yourself the latest and greatest in your team sports gear. Great gift idea for all your sports fanatics out there and for even you guys that are thinking about prizes for your upcoming fantasy league. Go to fanessentials.net. Prices start at $14.99, $34.99. But if you go to fanessentials.net, select all the gear that you're ready for, select the price range, and getting your gear each and every single month. When you go to the checkout counter, you get 30% off from your first month. Once again, you use baseline as the code and you get 30% off your first month. So be sure to go to fannyessentials.net to get the essentials you need for this upcoming NBA season. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. All right, and you know what time it is. It's time to talk fantasy basketball. And what better way for us to introduce those brand new, our veterans, our savvy players, our hustlers into the fantasy basketball season as, as, as we start to embark upon the NBA season. Um, our man has been doing big for quite some time. I mean, listen, you'd be a fool to test this guy, but of course you want him as an ally to get everything you need to know about what you need to do to get your lineups tight for this upcoming NBA season. Our man, Josh Lloyd, you can catch him on his show called Locked on Fantasy, one of the best fantasy basketball shows that's out there. Josh, thanks for joining on with us to talk fantasy basketball. No worries, guys. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Josh, man, first of all, how did you, how did you come upon becoming you know, a, a lead fantasy basketball analyst? Um, well, I started off, obviously, like yeah, most people, just by just playing the game, just playing fantasy basketball. And you know, it was, was pretty successful at doing that for, I don't know, five or six years or so. You know, would, would win plenty of uh, championships in that. And then I was looking for something to do as a, as a hobby, something in spare time, just a, a creative outlet. Um, you know, my, my job, I, I was a pharmacist, so there was not a lot of you know, creativity in that sort of a role. And I thought, you know what, I can... I think there's a, there's an opening here in the market for some fantasy basketball stuff. So I started started a website and started writing articles on there. Um, it got the attention of uh, the guys over at RotoWire and uh, started working for those guys and started getting paid to do that, to, to, to write for them and write blurbs. So, you know, when you're on ESPN and you, know, you go to a player and you can click that little um, notepad next to their name and information comes up telling you about how they've performed like I used to write some of those things and then I decided you know, there was an opening for a podcast so I started doing that I you know, had a, a passion for, for trying to get broadcasts out there I think I can you know, express myself pretty well in a, in a verbal form so started doing that again it started off pretty slowly not many people listening but then, yeah, I started getting the attention of some people, got uh, the podcast over onto Hardwood Paroxysm, which uh, you guys would know is a basketball site, well-respected basketball site. The podcast came on there, um, started getting a, hu a huge amount of listeners. And then 
you know, became the uh, the basketball analyst at, at Basketball Monster, which uh, obviously raised my profile uh, even further. And that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm biased, but I think Basketball Monster is, is the best site for uh, any sort of fantasy basketball content or, or projections. And it, it has been for a very long time. And I'm happy to sort of continue the tradition over there. So it's just uh, getting sort of my stuff out there in front of people, people reading it and going, you know what, maybe, maybe we think this is good. Let's give this guy a go. And working really hard, really. Well, Josh, I mean, I think that's, that's a great segue into kind of what we want to discuss overall with this show. And before we get into the, the actual players, you said that you were you were a multi, multi-year champion, if you will, and that's what made you kind of say, you know what, what's the next step for you and starting into writing? But what are some of the best platforms that you found for yourself to play on? Like, what's been the most fun for you when you're talking about the CBS and uh, ESPN, Yahoo, even like the FanDuel, the Daily Fantasy stuff? Now, what's the, what's the best platform for that you find out there? I've always, I'd always played ESPN. That was the one that, that I was always most comfortable with. Uh, I really dislike Yahoo. Uh, I'm not, not a fan of, of playing fantasy on Yahoo for a number of reasons. It's quite restrictive in terms of the options that they allow people, that there's not as much customization, which is I, I really dislike. Uh, I dislike a lot of their default settings in terms of being able to pick players up where you've got, you have to pick players up at midnight the day before so you can play them the next day, whereas ESPN doesn't have that restriction. You can play, pick players up you know, five minutes before the game starts um, restrictions in terms of what you can do with playoffs in Yahoo I just I just don't look again some of its familiarity just I always played on ESPN I just don't Yahoo just has so many restrictions to me ESPN's got more customization, but a site that I'm, that I'm using a lot more now, especially if you're looking at dynasty leagues and keeper leagues, is Fantrax. To me, that's that's the best site. There's so much customization on that. You can do things like you know, trading future draft picks. I can give you my 2018 first round pick for a 2017 first round pick and a player. You can incorporate contracts and salaries and all that sort of stuff, which you can't do on any other sites. And plenty of fantasy leagues do that, but people then have to maintain a separate spreadsheet to keep everyone's contracts and salaries salaries and your future draft pick assets and what they owe people whereas on a site like Fantrax which is you know, increasing in really in popularity a huge amount this season, you can do all that on the site. So that's the site that I host majority of my leagues on, or all of my leagues on now. They are, they're a sponsor of my podcast as well, so I'll, I'll get that out there. But even before that, any sort of dynasty or, or keeper league, I would host over on Fantrax because the amount of customization that you can do over there is uh, is, is the best. Um, but ESPN is the other one that I that I use routinely. It, Josh, and, and, and actually, I want, I want you to kind of embellish on this a little bit because of the fact that, um, and I don't want you to think that I'm trying to make you out to be Snowden <laughs> with the you know conspiracy like as far as your evaluation with sites like Yahoo and, and ESPN and uh, Fantrax. But I'm really curious, why is it that these big named um, fantasy sites are slow to make the necessary adjustments? I mean, we've seen this on other sports genres who you know who implement quote unquote their fantasy style type leagues. And I just don't think that there's a sincere appreciation for the advancement in the data analytics, uh, the advancement in the fan, the fandom, in the way that they want to interact and be a part of the game. I, I understand that the phenomenon, a lot of people from a money perspective, is FanDuel and DraftKings, but I just think that there's equally as much to gain from those type of dynasty leagues. Why is it so difficult for a site like Yahoo and, and CBS and all these others that seem to be so verily restricted? I feel like they're just more archaic than just restricted, and it, it really kind of dummies down the fun factor for people who want to take it to that next level in their admiration for the game of fantasy basketball. Oh, I guess a lot of their resources get put into fantasy football. I don't know, but you are right. They, they do they are really slow to update a lot of things. Um, you know, they put out rankings. They, for a start off, yes, again, I'll compare it to say Fantrax, which is really you know, taking a step forward and, and this sort of stuff. Fantrax is, is open all year round. On ESPN, like the season ends and then you, you can't do anything until they decide when they're going to reopen it, which is normally you know, the start of September. So you have four months where you can't do anything on the site. The same as Yahoo, they have to reopen their site. And I never understood why they just can't run the thing all year round. Surely there's nothing they need to do majorly that requires maintenance over a four month period. So that's something that it just it, it doesn't make sense to me. And people are clamoring for this sort of stuff. Like we want to do our trades. We don't want to have to do it through email group messages. We want to just do it through the site that we do all season. I don't know why they take so long. And when they come out, they, they put out rankings that make no sense whatsoever. And then it takes them three or four weeks and then they completely readjust them. So I think it's a lack of resources and lack of interest from the parent company that they say, okay, 
of fantasy basketball is, let's say it's 10% of fantasy football. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's a bigger game than fantasy, uh, fantasy baseball. It's the second highest fantasy sport. We know that the NBA is growing in terms of its worldwide coverage. Yeah, fantasy basketball is a more popular game for me down here in Australia than fantasy football is obviously. Basketball is a more worldwide game. It's all across the globe. I don't understand why they don't see the numbers of the NBA growing worldwide and say this is going to be the next place to go um, and, and devote some resources to it. Well, Josh, I think that's that's an amazing statement there too because, you know, obviously we're basketball lovers here and nothing against the football people out there, but I've never understood myself why fantasy football just is just so, so popular and so incessant. Oh, it just it makes no sense to me. But nevertheless, especially when you look at basketball being the global game that it is and um, the growth that it is definitely having. And, and certain sports or certain sites, I think, I think fantasy baseball, like CBS, I think fantasy baseball might be their second highest and basketball is just not. But you're right, because they don't put enough money into it. So, you know, that's kind of some of the political stuff. But let's get to what people want to hear, you know, on this regarding the show. I want to get into some of your top 10 picks here um, as we move forward. I know this is obviously depends what, you know, what 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 your league format is, but just kind of, you know, as as generalized as you possibly can. You know, Kimmy, let's run through the first top three. Well, the, the top four is is in a group of their own to me. To me, James Harden's number one. Um, then I've got Russ Westbrook and Steph Curry, probably two or three interchangeable, depending on how you want to build your team. And then Kevin Durant in that top four as well. To me, that that's the top four. And, and to I've had number one pick in a couple of my drafts, and I've gone with Harden both times. To me, he, he is a clear number one. Um, but you, know, you, you could make an argument that you take Westbrook there. You could make an argument just for for efficiency standpoint that you'd take Curry there. I probably wouldn't take Curry at one. Even even depending you know, how good he has been. You know, last season, he was 40% better than the second best player, which was Kevin Durant last season. So he was that good. But he, he is still a comfortable top four player, probably in you know, top three, and you could even consider him at number two. But they're the top four guys to me, and they're in a pretty clear sort of tier on their own. Yeah, I, I have to agree, I think, with the, with the top four, and I guess you can put them in any kind of order that you want to. A lot of people are going to be concerned about Harden's and Westbrook's, their turnovers and those types of things, too. And, you know, if that's a, that's a heavy category in some of your leagues, and that might turn them off a little bit. But you, Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Still can't drop either one of those two out of, out of that top four. I think the question really does become, you know, with Curry and, and, and Durant, you know, just how much are they going to produce efficiency-wise? They're going to be amazing. But when you think you can still get the actual numbers, like the sheer gaudy numbers on a regular basis, being that the team is just so good. No, I don't. They're not going to get. Look, they're not going to play the same minutes that they played last season. Like they both played 35 minutes a game last season. They're not going to do that this season. I'm pretty confident, and that's going to be the case. And there's going to be nights where they play 29, 30 minutes instead of you know 33, 34, 35. Some nights they might play more, but a lot of the time they're just not going to play that same minute load. So their scoring is going to drop. You're right, their efficiency goes up, but I don't think. I think the drop off that a lot of people are expecting is not going to be as harsh as what you know, many are fearing. They'll lose some scoring. Yes, yeah, Steph might score two, three, four points less a game. Maybe Durant does the same. Yeah, Clay Thompson the same. But the the increase in efficiency, increase in assist numbers, I think both those guys can get maybe a little bit more rebounding. Uh, yeah, Steph's still a guy that was a top three guy in steals last season. That's not going to change because Durant's there really. Look, again, just the minutes get reduced, but the increase in efficiency should offset the uh, the, the scoring. And even even then, if the scoring does drop and his field goal attempts drop, the increase in efficiency, it, it sort of nullifies that to a degree. Again, he's not going to be 40% better than the number two player like Curry was last season. 
but he is still going to be really effective. And I think that we are overblowing how much these guys are going to drop. They're not going to be all of a sudden falling outside the top 10 or anything like that. You know, with that, I think, you know, listeners definitely need to tune into that because you're right. A lot of people are scared. I'm even a little bit concerned about Curry and, and Durant, just how much they're going to drop off. You know, they're going to be blowing teams out where they get those minutes, et cetera, et cetera. So you're saying really and truly the draft, as they say, like in the, even in the, in the real draft this year that started at number three, the fantasy drafts are really going to start at number five now. So who who's number five and number six for you? Um, at number five, I've got Anthony Davis. I know a lot of people have issues with his injuries and the fact that he's never played 70 games in a season. I've heard all that before, but a lot of the things are, are, are weird sort of injuries that they're not persistent. It's not like we're talking about Tyreek Evans' knees here where he's just continually having the same surgery over and over again. They're weird little things that happen with Davis. I think that you know, one one season in Gentry's system is going to allow him to, to take a step forward because he was down last season. There's no doubt about that. He's a guy that was the yeah, the consensus, well, pretty much the consensus number one pick heading into last season and fell down to about seventh or eighth. I've got him at five. Carl Anthony Towns is the other guy that can challenge for that position to me. We're expecting yeah, to get Towns to get to five. He has to take a leap from about 15 where he was last season, which he can definitely do more minutes under Thibodeau and just natural progression in a second year. But it's not without risk saying that he, he stalls somewhat because that does happen sometimes to second-year players. I say it's a very, very low chance that he that he doesn't actually improve, but it's still not a guarantee that he takes a, a big step forward. But I'm still comfortable with him at either five or six. If I had five, I would lean Davis. But if someone said I'm taking Towns, I would say that's fine and I can completely understand why you would. Well, yeah, I think with Davis, it, it definitely is the injury concern. And, you know, I, I'm definitely looking at him at, 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 in that spot, same two at five, six, you know, and if I'm if I'm concerned about Curry Durant, maybe even as high as four. Um, but again, the, those games that he doesn't seem to never really seems to finish out that season, that definitely seems to be an issue. But if he's healthy, he's definitely one of those top guys within that top six. So as we finish things out, you know, who rounds out the top 10 for you there, Josh? To me, I've got Hassan Whiteside, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron and Demarcus Cousins in the top 10. But you could the guys between, say, uh, 7 and 12 are almost interchangeable. You could put uh, Chris Paul in that mix pretty easy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and even Paul George. Yeah, that oh, that's that top 13 guys. Those guys between 7 and 13 are basically interchangeable, and it all comes down to personal preference. So you know, today I might say, you know, take Whiteside, Leonard, James, and Cousins. And tomorrow I might say, oh, you know, let, let's put Antetokounmpo into that range as well. They're fairly interchangeable, those guys. Not a big difference between them. So you really think Giannis is, is going to be able to do what we saw towards the end of the end of the year last year, where averaging near a triple double, he'll be efficient enough to potentially warrant a top ten or even a top twelve projection. That the problem with Giannis is his poor free throw shooting, which has manifested itself through preseason so far as well, and his low uh, low three point attempts. But I do think that he can he can get some pretty decent assist numbers. You know, his scoring will be there. He'll shoot a high field goal percentage. He gets rebounds. His high blocks and high steals, though, is what really sort of moves him into that range, especially from a guy who's going to be you know, point guard or even shooting guard eligible on a lot of sites. To get a guy that could potentially average two blocks and one and a half steals and 20 points and seven assists. They're numbers that we talk about Davis maybe being able to challenge for the number one spot. Like if everything goes right, Giannis could be into that top three zone. I don't put that as a, as a lock or a certainty. Maybe it's a 5% chance, but if everything comes together for him, then he could definitely challenge for one of those top three spots in league. So I, I would have him in that range, definitely. So as we round out the top 10, a final question regarding this, this specific section here is, is LeBron James getting, you know, slighted a little bit here? Is it just because, well, he's 31 now and, you know, whatever, he might take a couple games off, et cetera, et cetera? Because is he, is he still not obviously a top NBA-level talent, or is it just like, you know what, he's going to play and put up those seriously gaudy numbers in the playoffs, and we can't expect the same LeBron James that we have, you know, in, in regular season to be the same guy this year? Well, the last two seasons, LeBron's been ranked 8th and 7th. So I think that's sort of what you expect from him around that sort of area. His field goal percentage has dropped off from what it was in Miami where he was a 57% shooter. He's been 49 and 52 the last two years in Cleveland. But after the All-Star break last season, he was a top five fantasy guy. So he did you know, really start to, to crank it up towards the end of the season. If he, if for some reason he falls outside the top 10 then and you've got one of those picks, you absolutely have to grab him. Um, and he will in certain cases slide that far. But that that's just being a little bit 
being a little bit too cute from people thinking, oh, you know, it's LeBron. Let's, you know, he's not as exciting maybe as he once was. You're still going to get 25, 7, and 7 out of him. And it's really tough to get those sort of numbers in, in a lot of other places. Premier lead fantasy basketball analyst Josh Lloyd joining us here. Be sure to catch him on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball. He hosts Locked On Fantasy Basketball, one of the most sought-after podcast that's happening right now, getting you prepped up for this upcoming NBA season. Cal Lee Warnshaw of the Baseline NBA podcast. So as we transition over, and you know, obviously we know that the marquee guys, top 10 guys, no question. But who in your, in your you know, from your perspective, are poised to break out for this upcoming season? Given all of the movement, the off-season trades, uh, the player positioning, the new head coaches, new systems being implemented, who really stands to gain the most when we're talking about fantasy basketball for this upcoming season. It's hard for me to judge who's going to surprise people because I'm sort of in a fantasy basketball bubble. So I'm looking at this stuff 10 hours a day, every day of the week, and I'm talking to a lot of people who do that as well. So you say, like, who's a surprise? And to me, no one's a surprise at this point. But for people who might not, or people who aren't looking at it as often as I, there's there's a number of guys. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to be absolutely monstrous this season. He, we've already saw it yesterday in the game against the Nuggets. He dropped 17 points in the first quarter. I think he's got a real chance to be a top 50 guy. No Kobe, a coach that actually isn't a fool that, that's running things and can run a, an offense that's not from 1972. The ball's in his hands. He is going to be this guy. He, he's got a real chance to average 20 points, six assists, two, two and a half threes, a steal and a half. I think he's going to be a fantastic player this season. And D'Angelo Russell should not be escaping at least the top 60 in any drafts. And I don't think you'll find him escape there, but it's not like his, uh, you know, his ADP data on, on many sites is not it's not great. Like he's he's ranked 87th on Yahoo, which is ridiculous. He was outside the top 100 for them to start the season. He's at 66 on ESPN, and he should be going yeah you know, 10, 20, 30 spots ahead of ahead of that in in a lot of cases. Uh, and again, I think that's a, a great great example. And guys that I'm looking at too, because again, this isn't necessarily sleepers. You know, these are guys who people know and are going to are are going to know to draft per se, but could really really step step things up this year. So I want your opinion on a couple guys here. I'm going to throw a couple yep. names out at you: uh, Victor Oladipo, Goran Dragic, and old man Lamarcus Aldridge. Now I call him an old man, but he he struggled to begin the year last year in San Antonio. I believe I was listening to an earlier podcast on you last year where you weren't a big LMA fan, but now, being acclimated in San Antonio, do you think he goes back to kind of the early Portland days or like the mid-Portland days when, you know, he's an easy 20, 20 plus, 20 plus and 20 rebounds a game? Start with Oladipo. I'm all in on Oladipo this season. He's got a real chance to be a top 15 player this season. I think that he is a second round player. I've drafted him in many places this year. I think that he he is not Kevin Durant, obviously, but he absorbs a lot of Kevin Durant's usage and touches and, and role in Oklahoma City. And that's part of the reason why and people look at, at Russell Westbrook and say, well, you know, when Kevin Durant was out with a broken foot, Westbrook had you know, however many triple doubles he had, and he had a 40% usage, and he was awesome. And I say, that's great, but there's, there was no Kevin Durant. But now there's Oladipo who, who slides into that role, who, again, he's not taking all those shots, but he's going to do a fair bit for this team offensively, given you know, what they lack, especially when they're playing Andre Robertson and, and DeMontis Sabonis as the three and four. It's going to be Oladipo and Westbrook running things. So I think he's going to have a massive season. Um, who else? Oh, Goran Dragic, yep. I think he's going to be huge as well without Dwayne Wade, without Chris Bosch. We saw it last season. If you go and look at the, the split stats when Dragic is playing without Wade, his numbers are significantly higher. Now he's going to have to do it all again this year. I think that he is going to have a significant jump and he is in that top 50 range as well, whereas last season he was floating around the top 70, top 80. He jumps up significantly. And with Aldridge, you're right. I was really down on him last season. And for the first three months of the season, I think he was outside the top 60. Right. But to... to finish things off like he was like a top 25 guy and I think that he sort of settles in that top 30 range and I, I like him as a, a back end of the second round you know, early third round pick just because as a big man who's a, a 50 plus percent shooter from the field and an 80 plus percent free throw shooter or actually an 85 percent free throw shooter that it's really hard to get big men who do that I'm not sure if he's going to be a 20 and 10 guy. I'm not sure if he's going to go stretch back out to three, which he did a little bit in Portland because that just doesn't seem to be the way that Popovich wants to run things. But he's going to be a solid 19 and 8 sort of player who blocks a shot a game and really helps you in those efficiency categories. Josh, I'm kind of curious from, you know, one of the guys that I, you know, definitely got my eyes on. And, and I think we clearly see that if he's given the opportunity and the time, Maybe he rubs shoulders really well with Earl Watson. Um, Devin Booker, man. I mean, wh what is it that you're seeing from him 
Um, what are your expectations for him for this upcoming season? I think there's a big, big issue with Booker in that he's going to be overhyped and overdrafted in a lot of places. Look, last season, we saw what he did in the second half of the season. He was playing yeah, a, a huge amount of minutes, but he didn't crack the top 100 in that time frame. He was scoring 20 points a game, but he was doing it inefficiently. He gets you no steals, no blocks, no rebounds. It really poor in those areas. He didn't hit many threes, and his assists were way up. Now, with the return of Bledsoe and Knight, I just don't think he's going to be able to maintain that same level of assist that he had last season. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a real, he's going to be a real star and he's going to be a scoring machine, but I worry about his contribution in things like steals and, and rebounds and a drop-off in assists. And if he can't actually hit the threes, like which he, he hasn't actually done at all in his NBA career so far in these couple of preseason games, he hasn't really hit threes and he barely hit them last season either, which is weird given his reputation coming out of Kentucky was as a, a long-range marksman. He hasn't shown that at all. I think he's going to be good, but I fear that people are going to start really reaching on him and start grabbing him in the top 50 or so. And to me, that's like his absolute best-case ceiling scenario and you're not getting any value there. If you grab him at 80 or 90, even 100, I think that's great because that's, yeah, he, he could jump up 20, 30 spots, but I don't think you're going to be able to grab him there. People look at it and go, you know what, Devin Booker's going to average 20 points, and they, they look at it and say, that's awesome, but there's you know, seven, eight other categories in fantasy, and if he's not contributing in those other areas, then he becomes similar to Andrew Wiggins has been the last two seasons, where he's a 20-point scorer and an absolute negative in every other category, and that that's a possibility with Booker, so I think he's being a little bit overdrafted in certain cases, but he, he obviously has that top 50 potential. Well, Booker's definitely a guy, you know, I think a lot of you said people are definitely targeting and some of the mocks that I've done. I've been seeing him round in that 56 year in and I'm like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd definitely take it. But you bring up a valid point there too with Bledsoe and Knight hopefully both being healthy. You know, will he really have the ball in his hands like he did, you know, at the end of last season where he was getting a couple of assists to go along with some of those points. A um, couple other guys before we move on, to, you know, to the kind of the, the, the guys that are potentially sliding in the drafts is, you know, what is your, your feeling on, on Nikola Jokic and, and Dennis Schroeder in terms of being able to take a huge step forward in fantasy this year? Love Jokic. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. He had a historic rookie season last season. Um, the, there is concern with him, and I've said this a million times on my podcast, that there's significant risk with Jokic. If he played 33 minutes a night, he'd be a top 15 player. But what's he going to play? Now, I think that the Denver Nuggets are going to run Yusuf Nurkic and Nikola Jokic as the starting combo. They're their two best big men by a considerable margin, and I think that they, are, you know, Jokic should be able to approach you know, 28, 30 minutes a game. Nurkic playing the five and Jokic at the four does push him out to the perimeter a little bit more, maybe drops his field goal percentage, maybe drops his rebounds a bit. And Jokic's you know, updated rankings on Yahoo puts him at about 30, I think, I believe. And similar to me taking Devin Booker at pick 40, it reduces any ability for them to outperform their ceiling. That's sort of almost ceiling for him. If I could grab him in the 40s or 50s, Jokic, I think that would be fantastic to grab him. But if you're grabbing him in the second round, which some people are doing, it doesn't give you much room for error. And he could easily fall back and still be really good and, and be a player that's ranked 40th. But you've lost a fair bit of value by, by picking him at that spot. So I do love him. I've grabbed him myself in a few spots, but it's all dependent on where you actually are able to grab him. And he's not, and I said this, I've said this before plenty of times as well, is it's not about I must have this player. It's like I must have him at the right spot. Like I love Jokic. I think he's a great player. But if you don't get him, it doesn't ruin everything. And if you do get him too early, it could ruin everything. Oh, Schroeder, yes, I love him. I think that he's in that class with Dragic and, and Russell in that same sort of range. I think that Schroeder's going to look. Schroeder led the, the Hawks in usage last season, even with Horford and Teague there. Those two guys are both gone. He's going to have the ball a lot. Yeah, look, you know what? Sometimes his shooting isn't great, but I think that can be easily dealt with in fantasy. It's not going to be terrible. He, he should lead the Hawks in scoring, I imagine. He gets assists. He's a really good defender. He'll hit over a three a game. He'll get... Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. 
Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You one and a half steals a game. He's a good free throw shooter. I think he's, uh, if people are sleeping on Schroeder, they shouldn't be. He's, he's a real chance to be a top 50 guy as well this year. So, I mean, again, I think those are all great points there. Um, and now we're going to go ahead and discuss, you know, some of the guys that are going to be taking a slide. Maybe you're not going to be avoiding them altogether, um, but some guys that you're going to want to try to maybe get in the later rounds per se. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm going to throw a name out there. Like, what's your feeling about Carmelo Anthony this year? Obviously, you don't know how he's going to matriculate and, and move with Derrick Rose and Noah and some of those other guys on that roster, second-year Porzingis. But he's somebody who, you know, might typically go top 15, um, you know, depending on your league or like that, but he could definitely slide this year. You know, let's start with him. What do you th- what's your thoughts on Carmelo? I think Melo's going at about the right spot. Like he, he's getting drafted on Yahoo at 34, ESPN at 28. I think that's about right in that third round range. And one of the things with fantasy leagues is points category. Once the first 20 guys are off the board, like it's really hard to get high scoring players. There's not many top 20. Out of the top 20 scorers last year, I think only one of them was outside the top 40. And that was Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, who's going to be inside the top 40 this season. So if you don't get points early, it's really hard to be competitive. So that pushes Mallow's value up because he'll be a guy that gets 21, 23, potentially 25 or 26 points a game. He upped his assist rate last year. He's a good rebounder. He hits threes. He's probably better at efficiency than what some people think he is. And people have the idea that Mallow's a chucker, therefore he's a bad field goal percentage guy when he's sort of right in the middle at 45% sort of range. I think that Mallow in that third round is a guy that, that gets you know, gets hated on a fair bit and that tends to enable him to slide. And you can grab if you grab him in the third or sometimes even fourth round, I think it can actually be pretty good value. So I'm not too not too concerned about him. I never would pick him in the, in the first or second round, which he, where he was you know, two, three years ago. He's out of that range now, but if you're looking at in the in the thirties, I think that's fine. And then what about that that mess of a situation in Philadelphia when you're looking at those three bigs? I think a lot of people were were high on Nerlens Noel last year, and then you know Okafor, but now that Embiid's in there, you know which one of those three do do do, do you like, or do you just avoid that whole situation altogether? Yeah, it's pretty hard to really trust any of them at this point. It looks like Joel Embiid is going to be the starter, and Brett Brown came out today and said he's going to play twenty to twenty four minutes a night, but. Yeah, the Sixers have got 17 back-to-back, so does how many of those does Embiid playing? Not many would be my guess, so that makes it him hard to deal with. Noel, how is he going to fit? Because last season they played him and Okafor at the four to fit them both on the court, but now you're going to have you know, Dario Saric playing the four. You're going to have Ben Simmons playing the four when he comes back. Jeremy Grant's looking pretty decent in preseason. He'll play the four, so I, I can't see Noel and especially Okafor getting a chance to get anywhere near enough minutes to be to be draftable. Now, Noel doesn't need 30-plus to be effective because he gets a lot of steals and a lot of blocks. And if he's available in the 70s or 80s, I think that's fine. But you know, if he got 30-plus minutes, he's a top 25 upside fantasy guy. I just cannot see that being the case, though. So what about when you talk about the Philadelphia teams, you talk about, you just mentioned Simmons. I was seeing him go as, you know, as early as the third round in some drafts, you know, not much later than fourth fourth round. Now that the injuries in, in play, you know where do you see Simmons projecting? He's got to slide some, but where? How far do you think he would slide? Uh, if he's going in the third round, or if he was, that that's ludicrous to me. I, I couldn't see any situation where he would go that that early. Uh, I think in the 80s is where he should have gone prior to the injury. Now, look, I did a draft yesterday, and I had the last pick, pick 168, and I took him there. He was wow. he slid that far. So. I think once you know, a standard fantasy situation, you've got 10 starters and three bench guys. Once, if you've got an injured reserve spot and you get into, you've picked all your starters and you get into your bench guys, maybe around 120, that sort of range, grab him there, put him on your injured reserve spot. If you don't have an injured reserve spot, you're just going to lose the league if you're drafting because to have a zero there for three months, it's not helping anybody. So he's a guy that you let slide well into the hundreds again after you've picked your first 10 or 11 guys, I would say. Two centers that I think are slipping for some people goes, goes a concern. One, 
Vucevic and Orlando because they're just not too, not too, not too sure how he's going to be utilized by Vogel. Some people are high, some people are trying to stay away. And then Marcus All in Memphis, you know, obviously a guy that's been a stat seat shuffer for a very, very long time. But again, coming off injury, new coach, not too sure. Where, where are your thoughts on those two big guys in terms of where they should be drafted? Yeah, I'm glad you brought those guys up. Marcus Sol, before he injured his foot last season, was having the worst season of his career. All his advanced metrics were well down. They were down to either his rookie year level or even worse in every sort of area. Win shares, box score, plus, minus, uh, PER, all that sort of stuff was, was career worse. True shooting percentage. He was really poor. And even the eye test, he looked a step slow on defense. He looked well out of position. The guy's turning 32 years of age in January. He's a hefty seven-foot man who broke his foot. Uh, to, for me to think that he's going to return to, to form, not not even his pre-injury form because that was bad, you know, to form from three years ago, I can't see it happening. So to me, he's someone that I probably won't end up drafting anywhere because, not because I won't ever draft him, because he'll go before I'm, I'm happy to take him. But I think that if people say, oh, he's healthy, he's ready to go, I'm, a, I'm definitely concerned about it. And I'm probably more concerned about the, the slide in his form before the injury rather than the actual injury itself. But pairing those two together makes it really hard for me to rely upon uh, rely upon him too much heading into this season. Vucevic, who knows what they're going to do. We haven't seen Orlando yet you know, play with Serge Ibaka or Aaron Gordon. They've been starting Vucevic and Biombo together. So that doesn't really give us an idea of what Vogel's going to do when Ibaka comes back. Because Ibaka's going to start and one of those two guys is going to go to the bench. I would think it'd be Biombo because to me he is he's clearly the inferior player to Vucevic, but I don't think that Vucevic is going to get the 31, 32 minutes he's got for the last couple of seasons. I think he drops down potentially under 30, and that puts him from being a top 30 guy to being a top 70 player. So he he has his wrists, he scores well, he's been hitting threes over in Europe over summer, and that's something he adds to his game. He's a good rebounder, you know, decent-ish shot blocker, really good percentages but if the minutes come down then that's not going to allow him to put up those same sort of numbers but he's still a nice mid-round guy and he slides in at lot of situations. in one draft I was in he got picked pick 94 which is great value but if you're looking to take him at pick 30 where he's been the last couple of years I don't think that'll work out too well for you Josh Lloyd joining us here on the Baseline NBA podcast, our fantasy basketball preview edition for 2016-2017. Be sure to check out Josh. He is the lead fantasy basketball analyst for Basketball Monster. Also hosts one of the best running podcasts discussing fantasy basketball, Locked on Fantasy. Check out the Twitter handle at Locked on Fantasy. Josh, let's talk about sleeper picks. Like which guys are you looking at? They're saying, you know what? I hope this 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 guy falls in my lap because I see big things from this. Who are your sleeper picks? I like Rondé Hollis Jefferson a lot in Brooklyn. Um, he obviously needs a fair bit of work offensively, but his ability to to grab rebounds, to get steals, to block shots, and do it you know, pretty efficiently from the field and from the free throw line, and he's available likely outside the top 100. No one is challenging Hollis Jefferson for minutes. He was a, a real plus defensively as a rookie in only 20 plus games that he played. He, he didn't play a huge amount with that fractured ankle. He's going to get his minutes. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. You know, he could easily get two steals and a block a game, and that's you know, really really valuable and not you know people will look at it and go okay he's going to score nine points that's not anything i want but it all comes back to, to points skewing everything as i mentioned before with uh, with a guy like wiggins and booker they score 20 points and people go 20 points is great but we've got eight other car- uh, categories to fill up and, and and hollis jefferson can be a, a top 10 guy in the league in steals potentially he can block a lot of shots he can grab eight rebounds a game and, and that's really useful for him and the nets you know, they don't have a huge amount of young talent he is basically it at the moment so they're going to want to invest in him and, and use him uh, sticking with brooklyn jeremy lynn i don't know if he's necessarily a sleeper but i think he's getting drafted 40 50 spots too late i think that he's going to be in that mix with d'angelo russell dennis schroeder in that sort of 50 to 60 mark with point guards but he's getting drafted around 90 and 100 and if you're getting lynn that late i think you're going to be pretty happy with that another guy that i, that I like as a, as a sleeper is gary harris and he's even more of an extra sleeper at this point because he's missing the preseason with this groin injury i think that he, we i know that michael malone loves him i know that he's going to be playing big minutes as the starting shooting guard he's heading into his third season he's in a, a really top-notch defender he gets steals he hits threes he's a good scorer i think that he's a guy that can take a step forward this season as well Listen, I love all those guys, and when we, we could really just you know touch on a, a hundred different players in the NBA. I'm going to give you a couple more names in terms of sleeper potential, or just you know kind of what your overall thoughts on them. 
is Smith with the with the injury to Reggie Jackson. Jackson, you know, was going to miss some 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 significant time to begin the year. Jabari Parker, Parker in Milwaukee. Um, I don't again not necessarily a sleeper, but with Chris, with Chris Middleton out, could really step up and, and play some huge minutes there. You know, what are you, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Uh, Jabari, I'm with you. Uh, I agree that I think he's going to have a, a pretty big season. He, he look, he, he needs to really start hitting threes to to jump his fantasy value up. He needs to get his steal rate back to what it was as a rookie. He's a little bit of a below average rebounder, but it is his third season. In reality, it's basically his second season. He missed half of his rookie season, and the first half of his second season was you know returning from that ACL injury. So he's only really had you know say 80 games going at full strength. So. He's got some significant room to grow. He could hit 20 points a game this season. He gets seven rebounds, you know, 1.2 steals. I don't think that's too crazy, but he doesn't block shots. He doesn't get assists. He doesn't hit any threes. He's a, a solid field goal percentage guy, solid in free throws, nice efficiency, but he's got a little bit of a way to go, but I do really like targeting him and thinking that, yeah, a big step forward is coming. Ish Smith, not, not particularly. <laughs> Look... He had a lot of usage in Philadelphia last season. He's just not going to get that. And Stan Van Gundy's already come out and said, without Reggie Jackson, we're going to have to run the ball through Tobias Harris and Marcus Morris more. So he's not going to have the same role that Reggie Jackson had. He's not going to have the same role that he had last season in Philly. And to be honest, last season in Philadelphia, while some of his numbers look appealing, I look at these assists, look at this scoring, look at this rebounding, he hurt you so much in field goal percentage and free throw percentage that for some teams it's better off not owning him because he just torpedoed two of your categories. And then if you're worried about turnovers, he's a real nightmare there. He's probably going to have a month's worth of value maybe as the season kicks off, maybe six weeks. And it's not enough for me to invest any sort of a high pick on him. But if it's my last pick and I'm okay and I can insulate myself against those percentage issues that Smith has, has and he doesn't shoot threes either, so that's another concern, I'll grab him with a last pick. But I don't, I'm not expecting a huge amount from him, and I don't think he approaches even Philadelphia numbers in that first month with Jackson out. Ooh, that's tough. So a couple, couple more guys I want to jump into, small forwards. guy that I'm not really that high on, I live in the Miami area. Um, and people are just trying to tell me, oh, and again, he's just one of those players that are better in real, real life than fantasy to me. But that's just as Winslow. Um, and I just I just don't like him <laughs> from a fantasy standpoint. Um, but some people are trying to convince me otherwise. And um, CL and I had a great conversation a couple weeks ago about what's the next step for Harrison Barnes in Dallas? You know, is he somebody who can go there and be like a, a legitimate two or a solid number three guy behind Dirk this year? What are your thoughts on those two players? I'm with you on Winslow. Look, when he came into the league, his numbers translated really poorly for fantasy, that they didn't look good, and nothing last season really gives us any reason to, to change that. He he was inefficient. He played good defense, but it doesn't translate into high steals or block numbers. He wasn't a great rebounder. I think he does take a step forward this season. He started hitting a few more threes, or at least taking a few more threes, but you know, to, to think that he's going to be this guy that, that jumps into a top 75 type of player, I think that's probably pushing it. Again, no problem grabbing him with the last last couple of picks. He's obviously going to have to play a significant role for a Heat team that, that's lost you know, four key contributors in Deng, Johnson, Bosch, and and Wade. And now they've got Josh Richardson out to start the season. So he's going to have to take a big role, but I don't think that necessarily translates to, to usage or to stats with him. I think, he's a, I think he's a fair way off being a contributor in, in that sort of an area. Um, who was the other guy you mentioned, sorry? Harrison Barnes. Oh, Harrison Barnes. Okay. So talking to people in Dallas, they seem to think that the Mavericks are going to use him as a 1B offensive option as and Dirk as a 1A option. So they're going to use him a lot. Now, his shooting has been abysmal in preseason. He's shooting, I think, 23% from the field, and that carries over from some pretty poor performances in the finals. But he is hitting a three a game. Um, will he... He won't become a top 50 guy. I'm pretty confident of that. But he's sliding due to this preseason slump. You can grab him outside the top 100. And I think that's okay. I think you can get 16 or 17 points out of him, six rebounds or so, a three a, a game. Some, I think his percentages will come back up. He's not going to shoot 23% for the season. I think we can be pretty confident of that. And I, I'm pretty confident that he will have a season that puts him inside the top 100, even if it's only just. Well, before we move on, you know, we're going to, I want to discuss some rookies. I'll let CL jump into that in a second, but I got two more for you. They just kind of popped out to me. You know, these guys that could, I was looking at Ish Smith as a guy potentially, you know, to maybe for, for carry for a couple, couple, couple weeks or a couple months of the season while Reggie Jackson's out. But now looking at Tim Frazier and we really don't know what's going to happen with Drew Holiday. Obviously he's dealing with something completely that's more important, you know, with the, with, with his wife and the, and the tumor. He may or may not come back this year. Is Tim Frazier a guy that people could, could be getting and where should they draft him? And last but not least, when it comes to some of these older, older players, 
Dwight Howard, is he getting enough love? Because I'm seeing him rank like maybe 125, 130, something like that. Is that too low for Dwight Howard? I'll start with Dwight first. Yeah, it's absolutely too low. Yeah, he's getting a huge amount of hate. Um, he's going to ruin your free throw percentage if you own him. So if you own him, you need to be aware that you're losing free throw percentage with him on your team. But he's still going to be able to produce rebounding at, at a high level. He gets a decent amount of steals, high field goal percentage, good blocks, and he's going to be a pretty decent scorer running the pick and roll in Atlanta. So I think he's going to have a bounce back season. But again, you need to be punting that free throw percentage category. And then in that situation, he becomes a top 30, top 40, even probably higher player. So he's a really nice late round target for that sort of thing. In a similar vein, Clint Capella is basically the same and he can get Capella even later than Howard but again he is a punt free throw guy only but he's going to average a double double and get two blocks a game and get over a steal a game and be a 60% field goal guy I really love Capella heading into this season okay. as for Tim Tim Frazier mm-hmm. I think that Frazier if I'm picking a point guard to start the season I want him over Ish Smith comfortably he's averaging over eight assists a game in preseason um Look, when Drew comes back, it might be in a month, that might be in two months, we don't know, but that's going to really reduce what Frazier can do. But for now, he's racking up stats at a huge rate. The other guy I like in New Orleans in this situation with Tyreek and Drew both out is Etwan Moore, who's been fantastic in preseason, and he's a guy that I think can maintain value all through the season. I think they'll want to, they'll want to run him as a starter or playing starters minutes for nearly the entire season just because of his defensive ability, especially when Buddy Heald's a liability on that end. So I think that Etwan Moore and Tim Frazier are two really solid targets at the end of a, of a draft, even if you're getting, even if you grab Frazier at 110 or more at that same range, I've got no problem with that because they'll provide some significant value early on at least. Josh Lloyd joining us here on the Baseline NBA Podcast, our 2016-17 NBA Fantasy Basketball Preview. Be sure to catch Josh on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball. He also hosts a great podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Their Twitter handle, at Locked On Fantasy. Josh, let's talk rookies. Which rookies do you feel, you know, the Chris Dunn's, the Brandon Ingram's, the Buddy Yields, Ben Simmons, which rookies do you feel can have an immediate impact on your fantasy lineups? I don't think many rookies are going to have a huge impact in fantasy this season. It comes back to the depth of the of the rookie class or the quality of the rookie class, which we know is well down on previous seasons. The situation that a lot of these guys find themselves in is not conducive to them playing big minutes or having big roles, with the exception of Simmons. But we're not seeing Simmons until probably at least Christmas, maybe later. So he's out of the conversation. Buddy Heald's going to be the first guy that gets drafted but I'm not convinced with Heald as a player. He's looked pretty good in in, uh, in preseason. He's a scorer, but what else is he going to do? He's a poor defender. He's not a great ball handler. I don't know how, how high his rebounding numbers are going to be or how his efficiency is going to look. So to me, I think that he's probably going to get a little bit overdrafted. If anyone grabs him inside the top 100, it probably feels a little bit too high. But again, outside there, it's fine. Brandon Ingram's not a guy that I want to touch really in any situation. He hasn't looked great. His shot hasn't fallen. He's going to be playing behind Luol Deng. I don't think he's going to find himself in a situation where he gets 30-plus minutes. And rookies in general always struggle with their efficiency, and a lot of it comes on volume. And if he's not getting the volume, which, again, I don't think he will be because he's going to be behind Deng for probably most of the season, it's going to be tough to own him. I reckon he's find himself outside the top 200 for the first two to three months of the season, and then he might find himself you know, streaming forward towards the end. But it's really hard to draft a guy and hold on to them for three months when, they, when they're giving you nothing in that sort of a range. If there is a rookie that I'm looking to take as someone who people might not be paying a huge amount of attention to, it's DeMontis Sabonis in Oklahoma City. He started both their games over in Europe against Real Madrid and Barcelona. He's played decent minutes. He's a really good rebounder. He gets he can score efficiently from the field, from the line. He took some threes. His passing looked good. He's not going to do much defensively, but with a last pick in the draft to get a guy like that, I think that he can be... He's got a real chance to even be the, the most productive rookie this season. So he's, he's a guy that I am interested in looking at. But in general, the rookie class, like I don't think Chris Dunn's going to get enough minutes. I don't think Jamal Murray's going to get enough minutes and Marquise Chris Dragon Bender they're not going to get enough minutes to really be fantasy useful guys for majority of the season so I want to ask you about some other young guys and outside of the rookie rookie thing there you know in terms of second year maybe some third year players rank these guys for me here Josh you know would you rather have Miles Turner Rodney Hood uh, would you rather have a guy like um, I'm drawing a blank here sorry Emmanuel Moutier you know those three guys which one of those would you most rather have on your on your roster 
well, the way that you said them is the exact way that I'd want them. Miles Turner's a top 50 player this season. I think he, he can really jump up. He blocked over three shots a game in that playoff series against the Raptors. He's the starting center now. He can shoot threes. He's, again, really good efficiency. We talked about LaMarcus Aldridge being a 50 and 80 guy. Well, Turner can potentially be that with over two blocks a game. Good rebounder um, and can hit some threes as well. He's clearly the number one player out of that group. Rod Hood would be the guy I'd have next and, and Moody I'd have after him. I really like Hood to play. He handles the ball as a two guard. He needs to improve his efficiency somewhat, but third season's often a time when players will do that. So I think that he can do that coming up this season. Moody, you've got the issue with his, uh, his efficiency. When he came back from his ankle injury, he tightened that up significantly. His free throw percentage was about the same, but his field goal percentage jumped a huge amount. His three-point percentage jumped. His turnovers were reduced significantly. And and I think that he's going to have a, a surprising season to a lot of people, but you still do have to deal with that efficiency. So I would have them in that order, Miles Turner, Rodney Hood, and then Emmanuel Moutier. So there's a lot of trouble spots for, I think for fantasy people in, in general, especially when you're playing category-based things. And you know a lot of people, like you said, punt the free throws. It's hard times. Sometimes it's hard to get the steals. Sometimes it's hard to get the blocks. Some people like threes. You know, are are there any specialists out there? You know, again, that are kind of in the sleeper mode, if you will. But really, those guys that you know maybe not get a whole lot of attention. Any specialists in some of those those difficult categories that you could potentially mention for some of our listeners? Uh, probably the best. Um, blocks specialist around is John Henson who get, can get you two and a half blocks in 19 minutes and he's not someone that you necessarily want to always own but he's a guy that you, you look to add off the wave or hey you know what I need blocks the Bucks have got a back to back this weekend Henson could get me six blocks in two games and that might help me in that category so he's one of those guys I think that Tony Allen falls into a similar category for steals he's going to be the starter in Memphis but he's not going to play a huge amount of minutes he doesn't do much offensively but you know that you're pretty much locked into getting two steals a game from Tony Allen not much else, but again, if you're talking specialists, he's that sort of guy. Um, assist, there's not really many assist guys in terms of specialists. They all go off the board pretty quickly, but if you're looking to, to stream assists, you know, guys like Manu Ginobili can give you four assists a game, you know, even coming off the bench. I think a guy like you know, Wade Baldwin in Memphis who's going to play some one and two, he could give you three or four assists a game in 21 or 22 minutes as a rookie. That might be useful in that sort of a situation. Three-pointers, there's plenty of guys. Like If, if you see Anthony Morrow's getting 20 minutes a game in Oklahoma City, he might give you two and a half threes. There's plenty of guys in terms of three-pointers. It's the easiest category to find on the waiver wire. Often it comes with the, a reduction in field goal percentage, but it is a category that you can find relatively easy just to get some three-pointers up there. So it's not something that you really need to specifically target all that aggressively, um, especially if you're looking at these category guys. It's more like who's got the two games coming up this weekend, who's going to hit me threes, who's in a situation where he's got some extra minutes. So they're, they're sort of those guys I look at in those areas, the steals, blocks, assists, rebounds you can get in a number of different areas as well. Like even backup big men will get you six or seven boards in a lot of cases, guys. Like say Amir Johnson in Boston, um, you know, some of the guys over in Portland, you know, Mason Plumley, who won't play a huge amount of minutes, he'll get you a decent amount of rebounds as well. What, in, in your opinion, when you take a look at how this season is is shaping out to be, um, you know, for yourself, how excited are you for this upcoming season from a draft perspective, um, overall from the, the a talent perspective, um, especially from your evaluation of, of how points are, are being utilized within within each of the leagues and how they're broken about um, some of the nuances, like you mentioned before, guys that are going to give you steals, blocks, three point shots. How dynamic do you foresee this season becoming with the type of talent that's going to be available for this upcoming draft? Look, every season's pretty exciting, but this one's especially. So we know that there's the the issues with you know, Golden State potentially being overpowered, but I think that in the other areas in Cleveland, even in the Eastern Conference, but the other teams are so close together, you're going to see a lot of interesting performances. And the way the league is heading, you're going to see more players being more interesting in terms of there's going to be less situations of this is my starter who plays 35 minutes, whereas opposed to these are two guys that I like and they're going to play 28 minutes apiece. So just more players sort of coming in and out requiring more sort of thinking on your feet which ways it going you know, which players on a hot streak how's he fitting with this team just a greater pool of players who are going to be impactful rather than having you know, here's 100 guys who we know are going to be are going to be great I think it's more like there's 50 guys and then there's the next 100 guys who could sort of fall in numerous different areas depending on thing, how things break how coaches use the rotations 
and stuff like that. So it's very interesting in that sense. Obviously, you know, I've been doing work on this for, for months now. I just want to see the game start just to see how it all comes together, how players look in their new teams, how these rookies actually do fit in, how everything tends to, to work together because you've know, been looking at numbers and spreadsheets and, and reading stuff and, and watching stuff for, for months now. I just want to see it play out and see see how right or wrong that I was. He is the man. You can definitely catch him on his show, Locked On Fantasy. He is the lead fantasy basketball analyst for Basketball Monster. He is all over the thread. You can catch him on all social media outlets. And he is definitely primed up for this upcoming NBA season. Our man, Josh Lloyd, thanks so much for joining on with us to talk fantasy basketball. I have no doubt that our uh, that our constituents are are primed and ready. They're prepped and they're ready to go. I can already I see mock drafts just oozing off of their CPUs as we speak. Josh, thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. Man, what an extensive, thorough preview for fantasy basketball lovers out there, Shaw. Josh Lloyd. I mean, there's no question. Uh, there's a reason why he is one of the most sought after. Uh, fantasy basketball analyst out there. I mean, absolutely on top of his stuff, no question. And I fear any, anyone who is a part of his fantasy basketball league or leagues, man, you're about to get torn up. My man is already on it. I don't want no parts of that. You know, I want no parts of that in his we league. Bring, we, bring him, we bring him on. Actually, the purpose for our show is to point out to the people you shouldn't be messing with in any yeah. fantasy basketball yeah, league. Yeah, well, this is a community service podcast. Exactly. <laughs> we'll let you know. If you see Josh Lloyd in your fantasy league, run and run, run quickly. But definitely that guy, he's he's on top of it. I've been following him for a couple of years on Twitter. And he's saying, you know, so humble. He's like, oh, he's grown over the years. But I've been following him at least for three years now, I think. And um, always just so consistent, so precise, and just so informative about fantasy basketball. It's just a passion of mine. And we definitely share something in common there where we just don't understand why fantasy football is just so much more – uh, you know, important in people's lives. Fantasy basketball is where it's at. It's a global Listen, game. Listen, man, so get on, get on if, board, Donald, man. if Donald Trump is considered a presidential oh, candidate, right, then why why, why should we think anything less of how and, and why fantasy football will be have, has so much popularity in comparison to, to, to the immense untapped potential of fantasy basketball, bro? Well, you know what? I, I would have some comments for, you know, for Mr. Trump and, you know, but we are a G-rated podcast and trying to make sure we don't get a mature exactly. rating. G-rated, <laughs> like a G, let them know. Let, I mean, yeah. seriously, no, seriously. But. Well, we're going to ride out on that for sure. But Josh Lloyd, again, thanks so much for coming on. I hope all the fans and listeners were, were able to get it, get some information from from this show. Um, and it's going to help you in your in your drafts coming up because it definitely helped me. Um, we still didn't get to all the players and people that we could have got to but definitely shoot us and shoot us a text shoot us an email shoot us a text shoot us shoot us an email or shoot us a tweet on you know on twitter and let us know what you thought of the show um and then we can definitely get back to you and hit up hit up josh lloyd as well too because he's always responding to everybody's questions yeah man and and let me just you know one little thought before we you know break on out of here what really impressed me more than anything is you know i'm sure people who are listening to this podcast they can clearly tell that josh lloyd ain't from around our parts right? My man holding it down in Australia. And so just so that you know, the phenomenon and the growth of basketball data analytics, the game itself is on a, such a global level that guys like Josh Lloyd can find his niche, even from the furthest part of the planet, basically, and still have an impact on what's happening here in the association. And I got to give props to Josh, man, because you know, he could easily fall in love with any other sport that's out there that's popular amongst Aussies, right? But it's basketball. And even he said it as well, too. Basketball is rapidly growing to be one of the most popular sports out there. You remember we had our man um, KD, Francis, who helped us discuss the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's from, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I, again, I'm overwhelmed and, and I'm absolutely stoked to see individuals like Josh who love doing what they do and are not limited by their location or even by their their culture and the traditions of their culture they're they're finding ways man and I think that that's an, that's something that we should all aspire especially those who want the information that they need to get the most out of what they're doing involving the NBA this is one of the guys to do it great go-to resource yeah I mean I think we'd be remiss if we didn't 
followed the trend of the NBA and being a global podcast. You know, the NBA is a global game, so why would we limit ourselves, you know, to our to our our current terrain? We need to go out overseas and especially in this day and age where we can reach and talk to some talk to people digitally through Skype and things like that too. It's great to have a guy like Josh who's so embedded in in, in what he's doing and so knowledgeable and the fact that he is, you know, from from another culture, if you will, than than we are, just kind of helps to bring the authenticity of what we do on a regular basis. And that's what it's all about. We're trying to bring people together, you know, not whether it be through basketball, whether it be just a regular conversation, we're trying to bring people together, man. And Josh Lloyd definitely helped us out on the show. Man. Definitely. So we'd like to thank once again, Josh Lloyd for hopping on board with us. We'd like to thank you and yours. We hope that this podcast has enabled you uh, to be better prepared for this upcoming NBA season and your, your, your fantasy basketball teams respectively for the baseline, Cali, Warren Shaw. We appreciate you guys. And we can't wait to catch up with you next time. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.